door. Salvation is where things begin. It's not what we're shooting for. Of course we want to be saved. We've come into salvation. But that's the starting point. The cross is the starting point of the gospel. And it is wonderful news to have the debt canceled. It's incredible news. But it's only part of the story. We're told to take up the cross and crucify the flesh with its pride and arrogance and unbelief and told to put off the old man and we're now dead to sin. But all that does is leave us empty if it just stops at the cross. All we did was have things removed. You need to have the things removed. But Jesus didn't stop at the cross. The cross is incredible. But the tomb is empty. Not because somebody stole Jesus' body, but because he was raised to new life. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, we too might walk in newness of life. Jesus said you must be born again. Because Jesus was raised from the dead, you and I are raised from the dead to have a new life. Raised to live a new life, we are now dead to sin and alive to God. Things have changed in us. <clears throat> for we, if, this is Romans 6 verse 5, for if we have been united with him in a death like this, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now I know the things I'm telling you are too good to believe. And I know you're sitting there forced to reconcile your experience and your history with the Word of God. <clears throat> and I would like to ask you to consider, which one do you think is truer? Your experience or the Word of God? No offense to you, I'm going with the Word of God. And the Word of God says this, I've been united with Christ in His death, and I am united with Christ in His resurrection. And that resurrection changed me. I am a new creation. Do you feel like a new creation? That's an interesting question to ponder. Does your answer make any difference? Well, it makes all the difference in the world, but it doesn't change the fact that you have in fact been raised to live a new life. If you don't believe you've been raised to live a new life, you'll continue to live the old dead one you had before. Why do I spend three weeks going through the Who Am I series? Why do I do that? Because it's the most important thing you can ever do. It's change your heart and your mind to believe what God says is true. It's the most important thing about you, what you believe to be true. Because if you don't believe something, you can't live that way. It's impossible to behave in a way that is inconsistent with what you believe. You can do it for a moment. 
but your beliefs will always come out. No longer enslaved to sin. Now, I don't know about you. I'm pretty sure I sinned yesterday. And I might sin today. But I have absolutely no plans to sin today. It is not on my agenda. What are you going to do at 2.30? Well, I'm going to sin. No, my friends, I have no intentions of sinning today. I might. But it is not my intention. I make no allowance for that. I'm putting it to death. My flesh, my sinful nature, it wants to hate. It wants to doubt God. But the new me says no. No, I am a new creation. I will live from the heart that God gave me. Because I have been raised from the dead and the one who has died has been set free from sin, I am not under any obligation or bondage to sin again ever and neither are you. And that whole, I'm just a sinner saved by grace, not after the resurrection. I'm a saint who occasionally sins. See, I, I, I used to believe that if I told a lie, I was a liar. But that's contrary to Scripture. Scripture says I was a liar and therefore I lied. In Adam all have sinned. In Christ, no more. Do you understand it's not okay? The cross does not give you license to sin. The cross changed you so you never have to sin again. Now, I'm not so arrogant to think that I'm not sinning. What I am so arrogant to believe is that what Jesus said about me, that what he did to me, is true. Because Jesus did it, not me. So I have been set free from sin. Although I might sin today. It's not my plan. It's not my purpose. It's not my intent. I've been set free from sin. Continuing on in Romans chapter 6, verse 8. Now, if we have died with Christ... We believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. We have died with Christ. We now live with him. I know some read this as saying, yeah, when Jesus comes back, then I'll live with him. Again, that's just not scriptural. Christ lives in us today. See, somehow in our head, we think that Jesus was an incredible man who lived, and then he died, and then he went to heaven, and then, you know, so we think of Jesus like Abraham Lincoln or George Washington, a historical figure. Jesus has a long history. But it's not appropriate to speak in Jesus in the terms the past tense. Jesus not was, 
Jesus is. We think we're alive, right? Because we can touch and feel ourselves. Jesus has a body. Jesus is alive. He's more alive than you are. He's more real than you are. Just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not true. Jesus is alive and I am alive with him. Christ has been raised from the dead. They didn't steal his body. He's alive. People saw him afterwards. He spoke to them. There's records of it. Death no longer has dominion over him and death no longer has dominion over me or you. Will my body die? Yes, if Jesus tarries. This body gets replaced with the new one. I don't know what model I get when I get the new body. I'm very excited for that. I'm ready for a new body. This one served me well, but it's starting to break down. You know, I'm ready for the new one. Someday, many years from now, you'll be sitting in here or someplace else, and my dead body will be laying up here in some casket, and you'll all be mourning my passing. And I'm going to tell you, don't mourn my passing. Congratulate me on my graduation day. We played a game at the prison this weekend, and one of the things that you had to say was you had to tell the people in the small group what your out date was, and if money was no object, what would you do when you got out? Well, all the men at my table said the day they got out of prison. And then it was my turn. And I said, I don't know when my outdate is. Jesus hasn't told me. I've got an outdate coming. I cannot wait. No offense to you. I love being here with you. I can't wait for my outdate. I don't know how many more years I'm here. Don't mourn for me when I'm gone. I can't wait. Because I, I will then be face to face with Jesus. But already today, death doesn't have dominion over me. So I'm not afraid of the day my body dies. Like everybody else, I try to avoid pain. But I'm not afraid of death. For the death he died, he died to sin. Jesus died to sin so that I can be dead to sin. But now Jesus lives to God so I can live to God. This is the gospel. This is the good news. I'm a new creation. Jesus lives in me. The Holy Spirit has been bound to my spirit. I've been changed from the inside out. I'm a new man. I used to be a sinner, not even saved by grace. And then I was a sinner saved by grace. Now I'm the Holy One of God. And so are you if you're in Jesus. Because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, not because of anything I've done, because of what Jesus did. So, death has no more power over me. I am dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Now, we do have an enemy. And he's a liar and a deceit and an accuser. And he's sneaky. But Jesus said, for the rest of that verse in John 10, I came that you may have life and have it abundantly. Oh man, I get so sick of the enemy stealing stuff from us. Stealing our joy, destroying our beauty and our strength. I'm so sick of it. 
Christians walking around all hangdog about what happened to them and poor me. And the enemy's just tickled to death. But Jesus says he came that you'd have life to the full. Life abundantly. You know, the verse, there's a verse that says, always be prepared to give an answer to the people who ask you about the hope you have. I'd love to take a survey, but don't raise your hands. Has anybody ever asked you about why you have so much hope? Now that's not a, that's not a question that's supposed to make you feel guilty. But the premise of that verse is that when people see you, they see that you are so different from them, that you live with so much hope, that they can't help but come up and ask you, what's going on with you? Why are you living that way? Do you think things have been stolen from you? Are you living in such a way that when people come in contact with you, their response is to say to you, wow, I'll have what she's having. Give me some of that. That looks fun. Because that's what the gospel's like. Remember last Sunday? When we were sweltering in the heat, or at least I was. The air conditioner didn't work and we were talking about joy. And the kingdom of heaven is like a man who found a treasure in a field. And he went and sold all that he had. And in his joy, he bought the treasure. That treasure is the kingdom of heaven. That treasure is what we're talking about today. The gospel, which means good news. The good news is so good that when somebody sees it, they'll get rid of everything they have to get that. If the gospel stops at the cross, <sighs> that's interesting, thanks, I'll take some more forgiveness. But when the gospel includes the resurrection, a new me, I'm changed from the inside out, I can have life abundantly, it puts a little hip in your step, doesn't it? Colossians 2, verses 13 and 14. And you, who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. And that's the wrong verse. We read that one earlier. Ha ha. And Colossians 2.15. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them. Those things, sin and death and judgment and the evil one, every foul thing that has power over me or used to, he disarmed it. The rulers and authorities, he disarmed and put them to shame. You see, the rulers and authorities come to put me in shame. And Jesus reverses the curse and puts them to shame. No longer me. Because I'm a new creation. I received life and hope and love and faith and joy, and goodness, and trueness, and wisdom, and power, and strength. I've been changed. I'm a new man because of the work that Jesus did. 
So we have the death on the cross, the shedding of the blood, which brings forgiveness of my sins. And we have the resurrection that gives me new life, makes me a new creation. I am reborn. I'm a new man. Things have changed. All those things we said about who I am in Christ are all true because Jesus died and rose again. But do you know there's more to the gospel than the death and resurrection of Jesus? There's the ascension. Jesus ascended. What impact did his ascension have on us? Well, Matthew 28, verse 18. This is Jesus speaking. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now I always have trouble with words. What authority has been given to Jesus? All authority. All authority has been given to Jesus. You know the next words after these words? All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. You go make disciples. So the man, Jesus... All authority has been given to him, and then he sends us out. Well, good luck to you. I don't have anything to offer you. Um, hope it goes well. Come back and let me know. No. Why did he say this first? Because you and I have authority. Because Jesus ascended, we also ascend. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to Jesus, but it gets crazier. Check this out. Matthew 16, 19. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Do you have any power and authority? Do you have any impact on the world? According to Jesus you do. You can bind and loose things. Now, I'm not going to sit here and begin to tell you I understand what this verse means, of what you can bind and loose. But what I want to tell you from this verse is, you're powerful and have great impact on things here and things there. Because Jesus gave you the keys to the kingdom. What happens to people who have a gospel that includes the cross and the resurrection but not the ascension. It means you have a bunch of Christians whose sin is forgiven, who know they are now good people, but don't do anything because they have no power or impact on the world. Way, way, way back, Amy Grant sang a song about fat babies. And she was talking about Christians who didn't grow up. They just sat around and ate their pablum and drank their milk and turned into fat babies. The kingdom does not need fat babies. The kingdom needs people of valor and strength and honor and goodness and trueness and wisdom and forgiveness and mercy. All the things that you've been given because of who you are in Jesus Christ. I'll give you the keys of the kingdom. Here. Here. Now, this verse is crazy. But what about this one? John 14, verse 12. 
Truly, truly. This is Jesus, the most honest man who ever lived, saying, what I'm going to tell you is the truth. Like the things, other things he said weren't true, right? But uh, truly, truly, uh, I mean this. Okay, what does he mean? I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Now I know the first thing we want to do is to say, yeah, but. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but. Before we get to the yeah, buts, can we just stand here on the truth for a minute? And see what Jesus said, the most honest man, the man you can trust, the man who died on the cross for you, and the man who rose from the dead for you? What did he say? You'll do greater things than I've done. Because I'm with you. Uh, as a confession, my faith isn't strong enough. I play it too timid, right? Oh, I couldn't do that. And guess what happens? I'm right. I can't do that. Why? Because I don't believe it's going to happen. I don't believe I can do it. I don't even try, usually. If I do try, it's, a, it's one of those wimpy little prayers of Jesus, be with me and I hope this works out. That's not the way Jesus did things. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to Jesus. And he went to the Father and he says... You can do greater things than I've done. And he says in Mark chapter 11, verse 23, Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Mountain, move over. Tell me that Jesus doesn't think you have power and authority. Tell me that Jesus thinks you're just a little wimpy person who can't do anything of significance or importance. You may believe that, but Jesus doesn't believe that for a moment. Truly, I say to you, you can move mountains. Again, in reference to prayer. What's this prayer look like? Uh, dear Jesus, there's a mountain in my way, and if you could, uh, could you just move the mountain for me, Jesus? Is that what this says? If you say, hey, mountain, move over. You... Not Jesus. You, through the power of Jesus, in Jesus' name, with Jesus, you. See, this is good news. This is the gospel. My sins have been forgiven. I am a new man now, no longer bound to sin. I do not have to sin. I am a pleasure to God. And he's given me power because all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Jesus 
and he gives it to me. I have been established in his authority. I, 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 I don't know, you know, because I, I know somebody will come up to me later and say, I tried that once. And the I tried it once defense will be the reason why God's a liar. You know, I tried that diet one time. It just didn't work for me. I did it between 1 o'clock and 2 o'clock on a Wednesday and not a darn thing changed. So that diet doesn't work. Right? Isn't that what we're saying when we say, I tried it once and it didn't work? I tried to pray and it didn't work? <laughs> Are we that naive? Never done it before. Why don't you start with small things? Practice. Train. Moving up to the big things, right? I am reminded of a man who was just like you by the name of Elijah. He prayed that it didn't rain or that it wouldn't rain and it didn't rain. Now, I don't know why James thought it was appropriate to tell us that Elijah was a man just like us? Except that that may be the whole point of what he's saying. Elijah is just like me. I'm just like Elijah. If Elijah prayed that it wouldn't rain, can I do that? See, God has given us incredible power. And now he is growing us up, maturing us in Christ so that we can use that incredible power. Did you see the Incredibles? There's a new one out. I haven't seen it yet. So I can't be a spoiler alert because I don't know what happens. Except in the newest Incredibles, the baby realizes he has superpowers. Now can you imagine what it's like for a baby to wield superpowers? That's the premise of the movie. Do you think maybe that it didn't work the last time you tried this because you were a baby using superpowers and God said, uh, hold up there. We don't want the destruction of the world. Let's, let's grow up a little bit and then we'll see how it works. You think that could be the reason when you prayed in the power of Jesus' name that would you, you would get a brand new Corvette and it wasn't in your driveway? You think maybe there might be some issues there that you might need to grow up and mature before you can ask for anything in the name of Jesus and get it? So does that mean that it doesn't work and you should stop trying? Well, that's the conclusion we come to, right? That didn't work. I can't move mountains. Maybe somebody else can, but I can't. I guess I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Baloney. You are a new creation, the Holy One of God. When your Heavenly Father looks at you, He loves you. Now, I don't know what it means to you to be loved by God. I think for some of us, it's just a reflection on our Father, our earthly Father, when we think that God loves us. And a lot of people think that their Father loved them because He had to. 
He made you, after all. He has to love you. He doesn't enjoy you. He's not proud of you. But he loves you. Because he made you. He's responsible. If that's your view of love, oh, friends, change your heart. God loves you deeply. See, in that umbrella of God loves you, God likes you. He actually enjoys you. It's like if God was walking along with his buddy, like maybe the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, and he sees you, he elbows Jesus and says, Did you see that? Did you see that? Isn't that awesome? You see what he did? You see what she just said? Oh my, she's incredible. I love her. And then add to that, that Jesus, the Father, are not ashamed of you. The enemy tries to dump shame on you all the time. The Father's not ashamed of you. He loves you. Enough to send Jesus to die on the cross that your sins would be forgiven. Enough to have Jesus raised from the dead so that you could be fully alive. And enough to give all authority in heaven and earth to Jesus and ascend him to the right hand of God. So that we, who have the keys of the kingdom, could live with power and impact and love. Who saves people today? Well, we all know Jesus does, right? Like it says, this one waters, this one plants, and this one waters, but God gives the increase. So there's absolutely no doubt that it's God. What if this one doesn't sow the seed? What if this one doesn't water? See the premise of that story? This one sowed, this one watered, and God gave the increase. If this one doesn't sow and this one doesn't water, there won't be increase. Here's the keys to the kingdom, my friends. You understand? Are our hearts that calloused that we don't understand? Our friends, our family, our enemies are going to hell. We have the keys to the kingdom. And I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I couldn't do nothing here. Oh, shucks. Nothing good can I do. I wish I could help. I don't have anything to offer. All right. Because the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. You, my friend, are the chosen one of God. You've been indwelled by the Holy Spirit. You've been given a new heart. God has called you into this kingdom with purpose, with ministry, with life. You have the words of life because Jesus gives them to you. None of this stuff I'm saying is true about you because you're so special, according to me. You're special according to God who sent his son to die for you. That his son could live in you. That his son could live through you. And that is the good news. And that's the gospel. 
And if you get stuck along the way, the death, the resurrection, and the ascension, and don't live in the fullness of the gospel, you're missing out. You're missing out. Living in the fullness of the gospel, people will look at you and say, what in the world is going on with you, and where do I get some of that? That's the good news. So let's get the obstacles out of the way. The unbelief, the doubt, the fear, the deception of the enemy. Let's replace those with the truth of God. I heard a great story this weekend at the prison where a pack of dogs chasing after a rabbit the lead dog could see the rabbit. The other dogs were chasing the dogs in front of them. Right? That's the way that works. The rabbit was fast and tricky. And one by one, all the other dogs stopped running and stopped chasing the rabbit. But eventually, one dog came back with the rabbit in his mouth. You know which dog that was? The one who could see the rabbit. Jesus is the rabbit. You see in Jesus? That's how you can follow and stay in step with him. That's how you can live in this gospel, by keeping your eyes fixed on Jesus. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for coming to ransom me with your own life. I love you, worship you, and trust you. I give myself over to you to be one with you in all things. I receive all the work and triumph of your cross, death, blood, and sacrifice for me, through which my every sin is atoned for. I am ransomed, delivered from the kingdom of darkness, and transferred to your kingdom. My sin nature is removed, my heart circumcised unto God, and every claim being made against me is canceled and disarmed. I take my place now in your cross and death, dying with you to sin, to my flesh, to this world, to the evil one and his kingdom. I take up the cross and crucify my flesh with all its pride, arrogance, idolatry, and unbelief. I put off the old man. Apply to me all the work and triumph in your cross, death, blood, and sacrifice. I receive it with thanks and give it total claim in my spirit, soul, and body, my heart, mind, and will. Jesus, I also receive you as my life, and I receive all the work and triumph in your resurrection, through which you have conquered sin, death, judgment, and the evil one. Death has no power over you, nor does any foul thing, and I have been raised with you to a new life, to live your life, dead to sin and alive to God. I take my place now in your resurrection, and in your life. And I give my life to you to live your life. I am saved by your life. I reign in life through your life. I receive your hope, love, faith, joy, your goodness, trueness, wisdom, power, and strength. Apply to me all the work and triumph in your resurrection. I receive it with thanks, and I give it total claim to my spirit, soul, and body, my heart, mind, and will. Jesus, I also sincerely receive you as my authority, rule, and dominion 
my everlasting victory against Satan and his kingdom, and my ability to bring your kingdom at all times and in every way. I receive all the work and triumph in your ascension, through which Satan has been judged and cast down, and all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to you. All authority in the heavens and on this earth has been given to you, Jesus, and you are worthy to receive all glory and honor, power and dominion, now and forever. I take my place now in your authority and in your throne, through which I have been raised with you to the right hand of the Father and established in your authority. I give myself to you to reign with you always. Apply to me all the work and triumph in your authority and your throne. I receive it with thanks and I give it total claim to my spirit, soul, and body, my heart, mind, and will. I now bring the authority, rule, and dominion of the Lord Jesus Christ and the full work of Christ over my life today, over my home, my household, my work, over all my kingdom and domain. I bring the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ and the full work of Christ against every evil power coming against me, against every foul spirit, every foul power and device. I cut them off in the name of the Lord and I bind and banish them away from me and from my kingdom. Now, in the mighty name of Jesus, I also bring the full work of Christ between me and every person, and I only allow the love of God and only the Spirit of God between us. Jesus, we thank you for your death, your resurrection, and your ascension, and we take our place there by the power of your holy name. Amen.